Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how have you been, Chad? You enjoying the international break here? Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying just, you know, what is it? Monday night of recording. I'm enjoying the last few days of this international break before we get the ultimate run in. And it's kind of been good. You know, I miss the blades, but it's just kind of been good to like breathe. You know, we're not stacking podcast on podcast one after another. I mean, we'll, we're going to do that in, in the last two months of the season, but it's kind of good to take a rest and recharge the batteries and let's get ready for the running. How are you now? I'm doing pretty well. I've been enjoying watching some international football. I, I've watched both games uh, that the United States played, our, our draw against Mexico, and then our absolute drubbing of Panama yesterday, which was really fun. Kristen Polishik had a, a hat trick, and I mean, we're all but qualified at this point for the World Cup, so I'm really excited about that. Just don't give up six goals to uh, who's it, Costa Rica we play on right. Wednesday, and, and we'll... We'll uh, choke it away because they were already touting that we were qualified last night with the banners around the field. And I said, yes, not yet, boys. Shit's fucking cursed, man. That That's some cursed shit right there. Yep. Yep. I've seen it happen before and it never turns out. If we ship seven and get, get knocked out, oh, man, that's going to be awful. That is going to well, be disastrous. The, the lowest that we can finish at this point, and I'm sure we're boring all of you across the pond with this talk probably couldn't give a toss if if usa qualify or not but with that being said <laughs> the worst we could do is have to play oceana i think and like it, we still have it would have a chance to qualify but okay. yeah i mean unless we unless we ship six on wednesday we are basically qualified at this point and it'll be nice to see the usa hopefully uh back in the world cup and we'll make it to the round of we'll make it to the round of sixteen, get knocked out by like Ghana or somebody, some South American country that we like we've never heard of makes the round of sixteen in the United States. Oh, easy draw into the last eight. Oh wait, they get beat three one and knocked out. That's all always how it happens. I think this uh, this conversation speaks to the effectiveness of the American education system because Ghana is in Africa, my friend. Oh, my bad. My bad. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ghana are, are like perennial sort of rivals in the World Cup. We always find a way to play them somehow. And hopefully it'll go the same way it did last time because I think we knocked them out if uh, memory serves correctly. That was over 10 years ago now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> approaching 10 years ago football hey. in the united football in the united states doesn't really go together not quite yet though i it's on the rise for for those of you who don't know i mean the mls is the fastest growing sport in the united states it is um you know your your home state of north carolina now has a, an mls team and i mean they're not great granted but I mean, we're growing the sport in, in this country, and it's really impressive to see. And you're seeing more and more content creators like this podcast for different clubs uh, of American supporters of European teams, um, and specifically English teams. So we, you, you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. And there's a reason why this is the most popular sport in the world. The nuance of this game, I think, flies over a lot of Americans' heads who prefer scoring and I guess relatively fast paced rather than patient build up. But I, I I've always said that football's a, a, a smart a smart person's sport, you know? It's it's yeah. a sport of of an intelligent individual. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit elitist right there. But clearly someone that doesn't know Africa and South American countries likes it though. <laughs> Yes. Uh. <laughs> right you are. Right you are, Chad. <laughs> so we are going to do something a little bit different today. Obviously, we've got no game to review. We do have two previews coming your way, and we'll take care of that on the front half of the podcast here. But on the back half of the podcast, we thought it would be fun to basically ask some questions of each other and do a little bit of a better know your hosts sort of podcast. I'm sure if you've been listening for long enough, you do know a little bit about uh, about us. You know that I'm 
from Los Angeles. Chad lives in North Carolina. But as far as the nitty gritty of who we are as people, you probably don't know. So we're going to do a little bit of a better know your host podcast on the back half here. And yeah, that should be fun. But before that, we do have a game this Saturday and it is against Stoke City. And they have oh, not God. been. Oh, God. I know the no. Stoke. The Stoke away game is when you circled very early on in the season chat and said, that's going to be a tough fixture. It's always said, oh, you know, a cold night in Stoke is is always a, a, a tough fixture. And sure enough, we have it this Saturday, April 2nd. That is a 3 p.m. GMT start. And they have not been on amazing form. They did beat Millwall at home before the international break, but they lost to Cardiff away. They drew Peterborough away, and then they drew Barnsley away. Um, And then they lost previously to that uh, against Blackpool at home. So not on the best form Stoke are they, and they currently sit in 15th place in this league what is it? Thirteen points off of the off their twelve points off the playoffs at this point, and they're probably on the beach. Really, they're you know no chance of getting promoted, no chance of getting relegated at this point. So um, this is definitely one that I expect us to take, in spite of the fact that it's away and, and not in the easiest place to play. But who are some of Stokes' dangermen, Chad? Well, I mean, and you echoed my sentiments. I was going to say, I think this Stoke team is just you know. On the beach. You can look at the results. I mean, draws against Posh and Barnsley, just not good form. I mean, yeah, they went and beat Millwall 2-0, but they sit 15th, like you said. You got to look to Jacob Brown. He has 10, 10 of their 48 goals they've scored this year. They've also conceded 44. So you have the likes of Jacob Brown and Joe Allen who is always going to be dangerous. I don't know how he still is playing for Stoke. He, in, in my opinion, he is a much better player than that. And you know who we have to look forward in their back line is old Jags, old man Jags. Right. You know? So, right. And he does have an assist for him this year, which is crazy. So, I mean, he's played what? Like to- probably he's probably played like 11 games for them. Cause he only went to Stoke from Derby at, um, at the transfer window. Right. Yeah, you just missed it. He he's played twelve this year, so I mean that's a decent. I mean a decent amount of games for him, and he, you know, judging on their starting lineups, he's starting to become like a mainstay in their starting lineup at his age of like four hundred and eighty years old. But you know, <laughs> Stokes an okay side. I mean, I think we should be able to go and you know get this win comfortably. They like to play a more expansive type of of style so it it suits us more but i just want us to control the ball have most of the possession and you know let's not do how we always used to do when we were underneath wilder come out of the international break and just suck i'm looking for us to like let's go it looks like we've been training aside from the few boys that he sent out on holiday to like relax and rest up and get recharged so it looks like we're going to come out of this bat like a bat out of hell, and I hope we go to Stoke. And thank God this isn't a midweek fixture, and it's not Stoke and raining and windy all in a combination. But I'll take a 3 p.m. kickoff at Stoke any day. Yeah. No, absolutely. And looking back to our reverse fixture, I mean, I think this was – Still under, we were still under Jokanovic at the time. It was one of the few wins that Jokanovic's blades produced. And I, I think you remember, Chad, two quick goals from Lise Mousset and David McGoldrick after we conceded the initial goal to Jacob Brown. So we're a different side than we were back then. We're a stronger side than we were back then. And we still managed to pull off a victory. Granted, they're not the same team either, but this should be a game, as I mentioned before that we should be winning. Oh, yeah. And if you look back at that lineup, man, the likes of Robin Olsen and Goal, we still had Bogle. Stevens was in the side. I mean, wow, it was – wow, Lise Mousset, golly. No Badgay, you know, at Mm -mm. that point. He was – No, wow. Goldrick's still there. 
We were playing Osborne on uh, on the wing as well. Yeah. Wow. Because this must have been one of the first few games that Indai came in for us, right? This had to be right around his, you know, we're going to give him an extension and then he comes out and just plays like a world beater for the first few games, right? Because that's he was almost a mainstay in the side of that at that point. Yeah, hit, hit the first game that that he played was on September 11th. Okay, so he'd been in there for about a month. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, how do you think we are going to line up against Stoke come oh, this Saturday? Same side. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. We haven't had any injury updates. I mean, it looks like the likes of Fleck are back in there. Bash, probably not yet. We saw George Baldock in the gun show showed off on social media. So I'm not going to lie. We're probably going to roll out the same side we put out against Barnsley. Well, with, I think, one notable exception, I think Philip Removic comes in because we haven't talked about him yet. I mean, oh, what a yeah. boon! What a boon of a signing that was for Sheffield United, and I mean, it's been talked about on on other Sheffield United media. Obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know that Sheffield United signed Philip Uremovic. This was, I think, last Thursday, and mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 moves from. Oh God, I'm I'm gonna Ruben Kazan. Ruben Kazan, and which is a Russian side, obviously, due to everything that's going on. With Russia, uh, there have been exceptions made, and players that uh, foreign players in in Russia have been effectively released from their contracts and are free to sign with anyone. And so, I mean, by all accounts, the Croatian defender Filip Uremovic is going to be a good signing for us, and he signed through at least the end of the season. I mean, we'll have to see how things play out after that, but apparently, he's a player that that we'd been looking at for a long time. But we could not sign just purely down to the fact that he was too expensive at the time. I think he's probably worth about, I think I've heard, somewhere around £5 million at this point. So we basically got a £5 million uh, defender, someone who can play right back for for nothing, really. Okay. So, I mean, in Philip with an F is a a weird spelling, but we'll take it. But, I mean, I'd slide him in for, for... Kyron Gordon. I mean, definitely. I hope he just doesn't get hurt. He doesn't do a, a Charlie Good and get hurt and get suspended, and then he's done for the rest of the year. It, it's interesting that you that you say that because it, it's been noted that he's had a bunch of yellow cards. I mean, he likes a good tough slide tackle, good tough challenge, um, and he plays smash mouth football. So I don't I don't think that we don't play that way. I think we absolutely do play smash mouth football when we need to. So, you know, likes a tackle and and I he's he's not a noted goal scorer or a playmaker for that matter, but he seemed based on the videos that I've seen from him, he does he does all the little things, all the little right things that you need in a defender. So, like I said, I think he comes straight into the side for Kyron Gordon. And again, this is not to fault Kyron Gordon, who who I think has been great. But with that being said, the experience of a Uremovic or Uremovich, I should say, I think he easily comes in for Gordon. Yeah, I mean, I echo that too. I mean, we have some big games coming down the the rest of the season, and we need that experience back there. I understand Kyron Gordon, he's just a kid. He was on loan at, what, Boston United like two months ago, and now he's starting in a championship for us. I think it's a little fast paced for him. You know, maybe we'll keep him on the bench or keep him around, you know, in case one of these other defenders go down. But I don't want to see him in the in the side the rest of the year, and that's not a bad thing against him. I just want more experienced players back in there. Yeah, Something absolutely. that we can, you know, solidify that back line and make it just absolutely unbeatable. And then Phillip with an F will come in and probably get a red card, so he'll be back in, you know, what this <laughs> next Tuesday because Philip with an F likes to go in with really hard tackles. I, I don't want to uh, curse it here, Chad. Let, let's give the lad a chance. 
well, Charlie be good, Charlie be bad. And he he was bad and then got himself hurt even more. So he don't even live up to his real last name. So do you, th- you think the, the rest of the side pretty much remains the same? Egan and Robinson, Osborne, Badgay, Norwood, Hurahan, Norrington, Davies, Gibbs, White, and Sharp? I mean, do you think Baldock gets back in the side? I mean, does he come question. back straight out of injury and come back into the side? That's my question. I don't, I don't really know if he does. Yeah, I mean, I'd I mean, like if he did. It, it's going to depend on fitness, obviously, but I'd say if – He's ship shape, like 100% ready, then absolutely. I think he comes straight in, and then maybe you slot Osborne on, on the left. Yeah, and then there's another another question. Does Fleck come back into the side as well, and Hurahan go out? You know, you know, I haven't heard. I'm hoping that Sander Berge has been good and okay and no injuries, and he might not come back into the side from the weekend. So you might have to look at, like, a Norwood Berger or Norwood Fleck and Hurahan midfield, you know, if they're going to give him a little bit of rest and get him ready for QPR, you don't know. The other question mark is, is Billy Sharp going to be fit? Yeah. Are we going to have to go with Jebo up front? Yeah. Or Mc, it, you know, I, I would hesitate to say we start Jebo. I think we would go, we would, we would prefer McBurney more. So I think if Sharp's not able to go, I think McBurney will start over Sharp. That's that's what you have to look you have to look for. I don't think Hecky's going to throw that inexperienced youth up front right now. I mean, he'll probably come into the game, you know, late in the second half, 70 75th minute, sub on and see what you got. Hopefully the game's 2-0 up there and and we're just cruising and we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see come the weekend, but how about a score prediction for you, Chad, in this one? I think I'm going to go with a 2-0 scoreline. I think we'll get the law firm on the score sheet, and I'm going to jump on the Norwood train with you, and <laughs> he's going to get one because he's owed one from a couple of games ago when his goal got somehow called out. So I'll go 2-0. Blades, clean sheet, back to winning ways. On we go. Seven games left to play in the league. I like it. I'm also going to say 2-0, but you know, every time I say Norwood's going to score, uh he doesn't. He hasn't scored at all this year. So, I'll I'll say the law for Morgan Gibbs White and I'll also go with Badgay. I mean, he's got the hot foot right now, you know. Yeah. What do you make of Sander Bergay Bergay transfer rumors? I haven't heard much, but it wouldn't surprise me if after this season we did sell him to a Prem club, probably somewhere, somewhere a team that that's like finishing between twelfth and eighth will probably take him on. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I, I, think I don't I, think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna go to a top a top six club. No, I don't think he does either. I, I did read that he said he was eyeing transfers in the summer to Prem clubs. I think that came out right as we went into the international break where he said he was eyeing transfers to go up a league, which, I mean, we all know he's better than this league. But, I mean, the whole thing we've talked about is him staying healthy the entire time. Yeah. So if if he can stay healthy and be in the form like he's been for us in the last what month and a half, two months, I mean, hell, anybody will take him. I I think it's also predicated upon whether or not we go up this season. If we somehow find our way into the playoffs and go up through the playoffs, something United supporters will note we have not done. Then I think he stays. I think he stays. He lives out the rest of his contract with the Blades and. You know, maybe he, I don't know, either we, we re-sign him or he goes to another club. I mean, it, it's going to, that's, a, that's a big question mark right there. I think a lot of next season, <laughs> who stays and who goes is going to be predicated upon where we are. Are we, are we yeah. up, are we up in the prem next season or are we staying in the championship? So, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, who, I mean, I, I think we let him go regardless if we get promoted. Uh, I think we just let, get him off the books and we bring in 
because the amount of money we can probably get for him, we can bring in a couple of players because we're going to trust me. And you know it. Everybody knows it. They listen to this. We're going to need a lot of players next year if we were to go up because we'll just get absolutely steamrolled with this team. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Although it was said before the start of the 2019-2020 season that our team was largely unchanged, save for the additions of Lise Mousset and Ollie McBurney, and we still somehow managed to finish ninth. But I get it. It's a different time. It's a different league. It's a different manager. But I don't want to count our chickens before they've hatched yet. Instead, I'd like to move on to previewing our upcoming game against... Queens Park Rangers, and that's going to be this coming Tuesday, and that looks to be a 7.45 GMT start, and oof, QPR dropping like a sack of potatoes with a 20-pound weight. They uh, they played Peterborough at home. They lost 3-1 this uh, past Sunday, a week ago. Sunday, they lost to Nottingham Forest away. They beat Luton away, and, but... Who hasn't beaten Luton at this point? I mean, we were talking about this before we got on the podcast. I mean, for where Luton are in the league right now, are they not one of like the worst sides that you've seen? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we played them, they looked like one of the worst sides in the entire league. I mean, by far, you know, you had the likes of like Posh and stuff like that. But God, for them to be third, oh, my God. Could you imagine if they went up? They probably wouldn't win a game. It probably almost be good for them to go up because then they could smash all the records that we set last year, and then they we'd be scot free. They'd finish on like six points, and then with six draws, they wouldn't win a game. They'd lose the rest of them. Oh god! I mean, there's I don't know how they win. I don't know how they maintain this form to stay up. It's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, but. I do want to say credit to Luton because it wasn't too long ago that they were playing what in League Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been they've been all over the the English pyramid. It's nuts. Yeah. Prior to that win over Luton, they lost at home to Cardiff City, and then they lost to Blackburn Rovers. So they've been on, like I said, really poor form. QPR the last five or so games, and. As far as their danger men are concerned, Chad, they've got Lyndon Dykes, who ha- is on nine goals this season. They've got Elias Chair. Elias Chair. Elias. That's a Cher. cool name. Great That's name. A cool name. Yep, great name. I one of their, I, I think one of their most effective players, and who hasn't missed a game this entire season, Chris Willock, seven goals, eleven assists this season. So he is a producer for them. Yeah, and uh, w- one player we cannot forget. In their their back line is Robert Bob Dickey. I mean, he's got three goals as a defender, so that's pretty good. But you gotta look at look at the likes of Luke Amos. I mean, so they've got goals in them. I just think we're hitting them at a right time. And not to mention they play Fulham before they play us. So chances are Fulham's gonna, you know probably handle them so their confidence is going to be low so you're going to like to see us you know especially if if we can go and get success against stoke to be on a high going to into this match against qpr so we should probably go and look for back-to-back wins honestly but i get this completely wrong and they'll beat fulham four nil and then we'll be like oh shit here they come (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Fulham haven't really been turned over this season, have they? No, no. They're, they've had a couple of blips, but, I mean, they've, other than that, they've been pretty, I mean, rock solid. They've got to be within a few games of, honestly, wrapping up at least automatic promotion spot, if not the league. I, I would imagine, what, they've got probably three or four games until they're promoted. Yeah, yeah, that's my assessment as well. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not going to be a a tough run in for them. I think they they'll have things pretty much locked up before the last four games of the season, which is good news for us considering that we play them on the last day of the season. I'll take that. I will yep. take that every day. Definitely. How about a score prediction in this one, Chad? Because it's going to be impossible to say who's going to be starting in this game. It's going to be entirely predicated upon who starts on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to go. A one nil win 
Because, I mean, frankly, you're going Tuesday or you're going Saturday, Tuesday. So it's a quick turnaround right out of an international break. You know, we might, we're definitely probably going to get some uh, squad rotation, but I think we're going to do it. I think John Egan's going to get a goal off of a header. Off of a header. I was going to say it in the Stoke game, but John Egan with a, a, like, an early goal enough to where we're just able to see it out, you know, no pressure. QPR has a few chances, but we see it out one nil win. I like it. I like John Egan scoring goals. You, and you love your back line goals, eh? Oh, I love center back goals. I love center back goals. I'm also going to say one nil, but I, I don't think it comes from Egan. I think it's going to come. I don't know. Maybe Horahan will get on the score sheet. I'm, I don't know. I'm just throwing something at the wall. See if it sticks. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. For sure. So that's going to wrap up our two previews right there. What we're going to do now, as I said before, is we're going to talk a little bit to each other and ask each other a few questions here just to give you a better perspective. You, our listener, a better perspective of, you know, who we are. For those of you who have been listening since the beginning some of these might not come as a surprise to you, but uh, we just thought it would be a little bit of an interesting exercise here. So, Chad, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you here. I, I mean, I know, obviously, but tell the listeners what it is you do for work. Well, I guess the best way to sum it up is I am a dyno mechanic for the boating industry. I work for a company that builds boat engines and I am the guy that runs the dyno and makes sure that they have no issues before they get sent to our manufacturer. If you guys are anywhere, anyone over in England is listening to this that lives in the Northampton area. My company is called Ilmore and we have a satellite company in Northampton. And originally I guess we were a British based company and then we have branched out and we build boat engines and racing engines and all, all sorts of other engines in a bunch of different fields. So if that rings a bell to anyone, that is the company that I work for. Nice. So since I told the listeners what I do for it, what do you do, Noah? Please enlighten us. So I, I'm a labor rep. Um, I work for a labor union, and I do things like negotiating contracts, filing grievances. I serve as counsel in arbitration and mediation. Um, I do a lot of the things that a lawyer does without actually being an attorney myself. And it's nice. I've, I've worked for the same organization for the last six years. And, I mean, yeah, this is a career job, and I enjoy doing it a lot. There you go. So you, I know, Chad, are an absolute sports fanatic, and football is not the only sport that you follow. Why don't you tell the listeners some of the other sports that you that you watch and your favorite teams in those respective sports? Well, I am a, if anyone follows me on social media, or on at least Twitter, you know, as much as I'm on social media, uh, I am a huge University of Georgia American football fan. I love them for one. I've been in love with them for just about 20 years now. And it's, uh, it's usually what I do during the beginning of the se- the, the football season, you know, it, it's hard to balance blades and, in, in uh, American football on the weekends when the season first starts, but they are my go-to one, a one B with the blades and then I originally grew up in Detroit, so I follow the likes of the Detroit Tigers in baseball, the Detroit Pistons in basketball, and the Detroit Red Wings in hockey, to which now since I've moved to North Carolina, I've kind of somewhat adopted Charlotte FC as bad as I don't like the MLS. They're on TV, so I'll watch them, even though they're not going to be really relevant for a few years. But, I mean, I guess I have to pick an MLS team because it seems like everybody over here is. But, yeah, that's that's the extent of my sporting teams and, and loves. But I follow all leagues in, of, of any sport 
I follow them passionately. I've had jobs in the in the past where I've had to. I've worked for companies that I've compiled stats, whether it be the uh, Major League Baseball, the NFL, NCAA, which is college athletics over here. So I just eat, sleep, and breathe it. But I mean, sports is. I I probably should have went and did something with sports since it's my it's my passion. But you know me, I want to be a blue collar hard worker, and you know I still have time to do that. And you know maybe one day, you know this podcast is an outlet for me. One day that that will happen. But now living in Los Angeles, Noah, come on! I know you have to love those Los Angeles Lakers. Well, I do like the Lakers. I have to say basketball has not been my favorite sport to watch over the last decade or so. You know, I grew up and basketball was definitively my favorite sport. I, you know, I I was growing up in the era of Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, and the Lakers were far and away my favorite team. But as time has kind of like waned on here, uh, I've I've become much more of a hockey fan and I'm a big Los Angeles Kings fan and I love the five-time 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 MLS Cup champion Los Angeles Galaxy and I'm a I'm, I'm a big supporter of them I have season tickets for the Galaxy and I stand with the the supporters you know every Saturday or Sunday I'm in I'm part of a, a supporters group called the Angel City Brigade and yeah I love cheering on those Galaxy not as uh, not as great to watch as Sheffield United, obviously, but um, obviously this club is probably you know my my favorite club of any sport that I watch, Sheffield United. But Galaxy is definitely a one B for me, for sure. In oh, to to add on to that, I didn't mean to cut you off. The only reason I follow Charlotte FC is because the bars are seeming to be giving huge discounts on all the beer so i just go and hang out and watch everybody like, oh you guys are going to the game oh have fun i'll be at the bar you know having having a few cold ones while you guys are in there spending money i'll just drink cheap beer yeah i i mean obviously you know it's what we have mls is what we have to watch here the quality is nothing like even the championship but at the same time it's fun to have a few beers go and sing your heart out the songs are really not as bad as they've been portrayed. You know, we don't do that whole fight and win thing. Yeah, that, right. that I think that was Seattle, and oh, oh my yeah. god! To to use the uh, the phrase of Gen Z, super cringe, bro. Super yeah. cringe. Yeah. <laughs> now, Chad, we're talking about pubs and pub food. Are I mean, do you have a favorite thing to get at the pub as far as food is concerned? Oh man, it depends. I have grown to be a fan of the fish and chips. I am a definitely like to dive into those if it's on the menu. I've also fell in love with, and this is based on my time when I was over in England. This would have been five or six years ago. I just went on the menu and picked the most outrageous stuff or well, not outrageous, kind of like the, Oh, that doesn't look like it'll kill me stuff. And I fell in love with bangers and mash. And how can you not go to a bar or a pub on a Sunday or a Saturday morning and get a full English breakfast? That low key, that low key is one. Oh man. They can, Oh, that is awesome. I mean, it takes years off your life, but there is nothing oh, quite like a full English. I love sitting down, having beans and toast, full like a full English, over hard eggs. I know most people probably like sunny side up. I'm I'm an over hard guy myself. And here, okay, we don't have this in the United States really, but low key blood sausage is fucking delicious. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a, that's top ten right there. Top ten. Oh yeah. What about pies? Are, are you speaking of, uh, of of English fare? I haven't, you know, I haven't had a pie since I've been over to England. Honestly, I haven't found a pub that serves that type food, like uh, uh, like a pie, because that's one of the first things when I go into the the and get a menu at the pub. Besides ordering as much Guinness as I can drink. 
I look for pies and most of them just have like your generic pub bar food, you know? Yeah. It's like over here they have, we have wings always, always is on the menu. So you, you have your normal stuff. It's, it's rare that I find pubs with full English. And when I, when I go in there, that's the one thing that I'll get, but I've always looked for pies and it's like people over here, I guess they don't particularly like them as much as they do over there. Well, I have to tell you, like in the last like eight or nine months, I've become a little bit obsessed to the effect where I'm making my own pies now. Oh, really? And yeah, and I make them for my friends and family as well. Um, they're just like a mince pie, you know, like ground meat, carrots, onions, peas, and uh, some hendos on top, buddy. There you go. Nothing better than that. Yeah, good stuff. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you mentioned wings. My favorite pub food. Absolutely have to have some wings if I'm if I'm just sat there watching some games for a few hours. Love wings. I'm a mango habanero guy myself. I do like some spice. Oh, oh man, I just go with hot. I I don't do all the weird spice. Like I anywhere I go, it's either mild or hot, and I just go hot and I melt my face off. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself every time? It's so delicious, but it's like, why did I? Are Are you sensitive to heat? No, I like I like heat. It's just like, why do I, you know, I could just have a nice mild. I kind of look like a uh, four-year-old going to the bar because when I start eating, I just like motor through them and I just have sauce all over my face. And it's like, <laughs> it gets on my face and it gets in my beard and it just like, it, I don't know, it just starts to sting. And it's like, oh God, why did I do this? Yeah, this, I was like, this is why, this is why I don't wear white like to, to the pub because I know I'm going to get sauce everywhere. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. We need to get you a bib. We'll get you a Blades bib. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. I was, I, To be honest with you, I was looking on the, the shop, and they do have bibs on there. I don't know if it'll fit me, but... You can get an extender, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were mentioning Guinness earlier, Chad. Besides Guinness, what are your favorite, uh, your favorite beers to have? Oh, you can't go wrong with a, a PBR, ice-cold PBR. And then that's um, Pabst Blue Ribbon for you across the pond. Uh, It is. I would only describe it. I can only describe it as the best, the best of the cheap American lagers. Oh, yeah. You know, you have your Bud Light, you have your Miller, you have, you know, you have your regular Bud, you have your Coors. But Pabst Blue Ribbon, in my opinion, is the most full bodied of, of any of those. I don't think any of them particularly taste great. There's a bunch of micro brews that I prefer, you know, over a PBR. But if I need to buy a cheap, like Tall Boy, which is, you know is a little over a pint for 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 those of you un- unfamiliar with Tall Boys, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best Tall Boy that you can get. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And that's you know that's the range of my spectrum. Like people are like, you really like Guinness? I'm like, yeah, I could drink the hell out of it, and they're like, but you also drink PBR. I was like, yeah, it's either one or the other. I said, that's, there's no in between. I'll drink the rest of them. I don't care. I'll, I'll drink an open one. I don't care. But, you know, if I'm going and I have draft beer, you know, it's either, it's either Guinness or, or PBR. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I went to college in Chico, California. And Chico, California is famous for a couple of things, but one of them uh, is being just a town full of drunks. And we have a pretty good, uh, we have a pretty good brewery up there called Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, and they produce a, a pale ale that I think is probably one of the best pale ales. And they they also do some IPAs, and I, I can fuck with an IPA every now and again. I definitely like IPAs. Yeah, you have one or two of them, then your head starts to hurt, and then you start getting a spin. Yeah, it's just you. I, I don't know. I'm not a big microbrewery or brewery type person because everybody likes hints of raspberries with their sparkles <laughs> and it's got mush in it and you know it's been just fermented five million times just give me a regular beer you know i don't like see you know what you can drink a lot of like pbr or you can drink a lot of guinness and you wake up the next morning and you don't feel like hell you drink like four or five brewery beers and it's like someone kicked you in the back of the eyes and you're like good luck getting over this hangover well i mean that's chad it's because you're you're having beer that is basically it's like 
fornicating on a boat, you know, or in a canoe. Yeah. It's it's yeah. fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I knew you were going there with that. <laughs> I you know, give me all the fruity beers. I, I don't mind the, the the fruity beers at all. Like the sour beer, oh right near where I live, we have a couple of breweries that that produce amazing sour beer. And yeah, give me one of them any day. Moving along here, Chad. I, I know you I know you like music, but uh who's your favorite band? If you had to pick oh. one, gun to your head, or your your top three or four. The t- my my favorite band of all time is see uh, I I can't dar- turn down CCR Credence Clearwater Revival number one for me and it's I mean it's not even it's not even close for second and third and I to be honest with you I couldn't even name who would be second or third you know uh, Steve Miller band probably number two as long as like I, I found out that a lot of people don't really like them. But I'm okay with that. So yeah, I, I, CCR top band for me, number one, and and Steve Miller band. Who's? I mean, you're way more into music than I am. Who, who is uh, your favorite bands? Well, I also enjoy some classic rock. I mean, give me Stones, give me Beatles, give me the Who, you know. But my favorite, my favorite band of all time, a band that I have seen in some iteration or another, uh, probably more than. 25 times 30 times at this point uh is the grateful dead or uh, w- one of the versions of the grateful dead uh they don't call themselves the grateful dead anymore they now call themselves dead and company or uh they were the dead for a little bit they were further before that yeah love their, their back catalog of music i mean is so long you know they probably have 400 songs that they played over the years and oh, yeah. i absolutely adore that band and i i will pay to see them if they are in town i'm dropping what i'm doing and i'm paying to see dead and company and john mayer's been playing with them recently and i i quite like what he's brought to that band your body's is wonderland does he sing, do, he doesn't do that does he he doesn't yeah, he sing your body is one no i and he certainly doesn't sound like your impression of kevin gage <laughs> <laughs> so this is a question that has appeared on reddit amas for seemingly a generation now but chad would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 20 duck-sized horses oh man oh this is a tough one um i guess 20 duck-sized horses because i would could probably just stomp them out yeah, you it know. has to be. I mean, I feel like a horse-sized duck would be absolutely terrifying. Oh yeah, how would you even take that thing down? There's, you gotta have weaponry in there. You gotta, uh, I mean, you, yeah, you're you're screwed with the the horse-sized duck. No, there's no way. Yeah, I mean, do you get on that thing and try and ride it? You know, and take no. it down. There's no way. And I mean, I mean also, it needs to be said. You know, ducks are renowned for you know, duck on duck sexual assault. So that yeah. would scare the shit out of me as well. I mean, no, because uh, you, you could kick all the little duck sized horses too. I mean, right. Right. And you could pick them up too and just put them in like a tote bag or a storage bag, something like that. And that would, that way you could like round them up that way. Yeah. One, one horse sized duck is you're screwed. Yep. Yep. I'm sure there are quite a few of our listeners who are gamers. Chad, are you an Xbox or a PlayStation guy? Oh, well, I have taken a step back from video games in recent years, but I do still have an Xbox One. I think the last game I have for it is FIFA 20, 21, maybe. I don't know. what They're on 22 this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the last game I have is like twenty or twenty one. I'm not I'm not as avid into it as I was when I was younger. And I believe it or not, I had a PlayStation and then I got an Xbox after that. So I've kind of been a little bit of both, but the Xbox One was much cheaper than the PS4. So I just went with the Xbox One. So I've just been playing Xbox for like I don't know, I had a 360. 
and then I had a PS2 and then a PlayStation. So it's been a while since I've had or since I've played PlayStation. So I've had Xbox for what? I mean, 20 some years, maybe 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. If memory serves correctly, the I think the the 360 came out in 2004, 2005, somewhere in there, which is crazy if you think about it. No. I as for me, I, I'm also an Xbox guy. I have an Xbox One. I haven't bought the newest one yet, but I'm like you. I really have not played a whole lot besides FIFA in the last several years. And it's just owing to time, really time time restriction. I I yeah. can sit down and play a couple of games of FIFA and that's pretty much it. But to devote uh time to either uh Star Wars games or fantasy games, which were my other preferred genres, I just have not had the time recently. Yeah, I mean that that's what it all boils down to. Cause right now I could go out there and just blow off the dust that's been sitting on my Xbox One. And I mean they're making it they're gonna make a new Grand Theft Auto because that was a type of games where you get you know, you could drive cars, pick up women and you know, <laughs> run people over. I mean, that was cool. That was that's what I like. That or Call of Duty, but I've since, you know, phased that part of my life out. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I, I too played Grand Theft Auto for, for a hot minute, like 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. But yeah, my interest is, has waned like you in the last five or six years. Last question before we wrap up here, Chad, and this is surely going to get us some, into some hot water. Please feel free to take a cop out on this question, but Tufty Club or Blades Pod? Oh man, this is the hardest one of the questions. When you showed me this <laughs> list, oh man, oh man, I I don't know. Tufty Club makes me bust out laughing when I am listening to the pod, and then you have you have Ben and Andrew on Blades Pod are just so analytic and workmanlike, and they get the job done, and they're so insightful. And it's we've talked about this on numerous occasions, how we almost like pods are almost eerily similar, our opinions between Blades Pod and our pod. And I mean, I don't want to get it confused. Like we just listen to their pod and then just like go ahead and say almost the exact same things on our pod. No, we have our own views and opinions. And yeah, I mean all the lines are going to get blurred because you can only have so many podcasts about one team. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to be similar. So, Oh man, I love them both so much. Yeah. I just, I I just kind of like how Tufty club, it just starts with nothing. They go right in. Good evening. Oh, good good evening. Good evening. (laughs) I just, I mean, it just, and then it just cuts right out at the end. Mid sentence is like it. We've moved from, from, uh, impressions of impressions of impressions to you just impersonating dead bat there yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean I, you can't pick between the, the two of them and this is honestly yeah. i mean well, I, I put you on the spot chad and I, I to be honest with you that is exactly my take as well i you know i think blade spot do a wonderful job with their analytics and tufty club do as well i i, I don't want to yeah, sell tufty do. club short Tufty Club makes me laugh every single episode. They have me busting up, laughing in my car when I'm when I'm listening. I have so I have uh, most days I'll have at least an hour's worth of of drives. So I'll throw one or the other on, and I I survive. I am fueled by listening to both of those podcasts. And um, you know we definitely owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to both Tufty Club and Blades Pod for for continuing to give us shout outs on on their podcasts and you know like like we said uh so early into doing this podcast both of those podcasts in my opinion are the gold standard for Sheffield United content them and of course Chef United way as well Go- really the gold standards for for Sheffield United content and for us to just even be mentioned uh, on those other podcasts is a huge honor, and you know we really appreciate the support that they've that they've given to us over the last year or so as we've continued to grow our audience. So yeah, just want to shout out both of those podcasts really fast and say thank you again. Yeah, for sure, 
for sure. Because honestly, we were the little engine that could. And then I forget who it was that just kind of found us out and just, you know, we started kind of like blowing up and, and more and more people have listened to us over since we started this thing, what, August of 2020? Yeah. I mean, we went to celebrating little milestones here and there. Oh, my God, this many people listen. Oh, my God. And now it's just like, okay, wow, we're, all right. We actually get, like, people engaging us on social media and whatnot. And it, it's really – it's a really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember going back and, and thinking, oh, we 50 people listen to our podcast? Yeah, right. And, like, 50 people. We we got so excited about that, and then here we are now. I mean, it's really, really incredible. Fastly approaching a thousand followers on on Twitter. We're we're like tooting our own horn right here. I don't. I, yeah, right. You know, we probably shouldn't do this too much, but uh, <laughs> but again, we do want to thank all of you who've continued to listen. You know, throughout the season, or even if this is your first episode that you're listening to. Well, I mean, what an episode to listen to. But yeah, again, heartfelt thanks and. I think that's pretty much all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so and you are one of those new listeners, please go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can follow us at Red Sheffield on Twitter or at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. And um, you know, a little comment also helps a lot as well. And Chad, where can people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow me personally at Jarvis underscore 13 on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me, Noah Snyder, on Instagram at SunPuck. And then on Twitter, I'm at Nessman930. So until the next episode that we record, which will probably be next Tuesday or Wednesday after our game against QPR. Up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Mm-hmm.